0: Welcome to The Fracture Line, the official weekly news feed from the Chest Wall Injury Society, where we listen to all the bottom line CWIS updates, shout outs, fun facts, and weekly banner. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Crisco, and I'm joined always by Dr. Tom White, Dr. Adam Kay, and Sarah Ann Whitbeck. Welcome back to Fracture Line, everybody. Today, we're honored to have this year's CWIS president, Dr. Andrew Dobin. Dr. Dobin, I know that people don't need any introduction from you, but why don't you for old times sake tell everyone where you're working, where you're at right now, and then let's dive into uh, the presidency this year and your visions.
1: Okay, great. Well, I'm Andy Dobin. I'm at St. Francis Hospital and Medical Center in Hartford, Connecticut. I'm a trauma acute care surgeon who dabbles in chest wall injury. And it has been, I think, 35 days since my last fracture line. So I'm pretty excited about that.
0: <laughs> I like how you say like this is AA. Yes. You know what I mean? That's a really nice way to put it.
1: Well, that's, you know, kind of what my presidency is about, giving me the strength to understand what I can control, what I can't control, and the wisdom to know the difference between the two.
0: <laughs> Very well said, Dr. I love it. It. <laughs> I, I love it. So how are you possibly going to undo all of Bauman's really bad things that he started for us last year? I mean, he did a lot of damage to the society. So what are you thinking about undoing some of that damage? <laughs>
1: It is going to be really, really hard work, and uh, I'm actually deeply terrified to try to follow that presidential address. The good news is it will be 364 days for people to have forgotten how great it was. (laughs) In all seriousness, I mean, I think it is a challenge this year for CWIS because it's going to be very difficult to continue to rise on the trajectory that we're at. And you know, we just have this absolute incredible growth, this incredible energy, and to try to maintain that and to keep it up, I think it's gonna be a real big challenge this year for the society. I'm not so sure I'm up to the challenge, but I'm hoping I will figure out which one of those I can control, which one I can't.
0: So if you were to kind of put your goals for your presidency into a couple of bullets, what, what do you think? How could you lay that out for us?
1: You know, I think probably the number one thing is sustainability. I think, you know, we've talked a lot about this at the meetings and sort of the layout of everything. I I don't think we're going to continue to grow the way we've grown, which is good. I think there'll still be some growth, but probably not as exponential as it's been. And the sustainability of the society, both financially, energy-wise, you know, we tap a lot of our members for volunteers. And through the years, that starts to take a toll on people, especially, you know, post-pandemic clinical realm of people. I know everybody on this call feels the post-pandemic squeeze for clinical work, except for Bauman, of course, because, you know, nothing, nothing phases that guy.
2: <laughs> I'm flapping
1: I do think it's going to be hard for us to continue to, uh, along those lines without figuring out some sort of financial stuff too that really can settle the society. And I mean, membership dues and the annual summit and industry are not going to be enough to carry us forward. And so we're going to have to start to be creative about this and really sort of push ourselves in a way that can get us to a point where the organizations like EAST, like AAST, like SIS, that have a lot of uh, internal funds that have, they've been able to build on and grow.
3: I completely agree with you, Andy. I, I was thinking maybe like a Wiz car wash. Would you think that'd be beneficial?
2: Bake <laughs> sale. A big bake sale. Well,
1: you know, I love the bumper sticker that says, wouldn't it be wonderful if schools had all the money they needed and the military needed to hold a bake sale to build another aircraft carrier? <laughs> 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 so maybe we need some take on that with a bumper sticker that we can just sell.
0: <laughs> yes, not sure that's going to get us there, but you know.
1: Man. You know, and I do think that that we, that we have some creative ideas, and I think that members are going to come up with even more creative ideas that we we can then build on. I think that's the number one bullet point of. My goal is to leave the society in a better spot than I took
0: it up, which
1: is, you know, a goal that...
0: That's not a very hard goal. I mean, he left it in shambles, so...
1: Well, yeah, well, you know, it's all been downhill since Parachi. you know, I mean, so after Parachi, it's, you know, there's just this sort of void. I don't even remember these past five years. (laughs) That's a big uh, part of it. And then the other part of it is to sort of continue along the realm of what we've already done in terms of research and stuff. For those people that haven't heard me say it to this point, one of the things that I personally was a little bit challenged with ending Summit this year is that we didn't have an outline with a project, with a goal, with a sustainable, very hard set deadline of something to build over the next year. And that's an unusual thing for us to walk away from a meeting from, for those of you guys, Mark, I know you haven't been there from the beginning, but Zach pretty much was, and I know Sarah was, but one of the things that we took away from every meeting was this is a project, this is what we're gonna do, here's our timeline, here are the people that are gonna be involved, everybody go back and start working on it. And I don't feel like there was a true organized There were some great ideas. I think all of us got some projects out of the meeting. It's not to say that we won't do good work, but there wasn't a very central, this is a CWIS goal over the next year. That's something I'd like to see next year. That was part of why I raised that challenge to people at the end of the meeting was to ensure that people really understand not just a project, but innovate and start to uh, change the landscape again.
0: Now, do you think that kind of going back to your sustainability and rapid growth, do you think that that kind of lag that you saw maybe this year with that idea is because we became too top heavy or we just had so many different small projects going on or you just think that was natural evolution for us or where do you think that came from?
1: Good question. I'm not 100% sure. I think there was some of that, that it was bigger this year and it was a little bit harder to do. I also think it was busier this year. And again, I, I don't want to be at all judgmental of the program committee. I mean, I think they did an amazing job putting together a really awesome program and some really great science and everything else. But if you look at where we were a number of years ago, we were so small that we really didn't fit into a standard type of meeting format now. You sit in the audience and you kind of have a standard meeting format. And if we're going to do that, we also lack some of those breakout committees the multi-center trial things that happen over breakfast or where you have lunch meetings with smaller groups. So whichever model you want to follow, I wouldn't want to tell the program committee how to do their jobs. But I I think that we're kind of in this limbo where before we were so small, we didn't fit. Now we're big, but we didn't quite make it all the way to that threshold. And then again, maybe we're different. I mean, maybe CWIS as a group is different and we don't actually fit that mold and that's fine too.
0: Well said. Anybody got any uh, razzing for the prez here? What are you most excited
3: about being president? Um, is it working with me, with Sarah or Mark?
2: Um, I feel like that's pretty obvious. <sighs>
1: uh, <laughs> tough question, Zach.
2: Cause you two, whatever.
1: Sarah's already had a tough day. I'm not going to kick her while she's down today. Thank you.
2: (laughs) I appreciate that. Thank you very much.
1: not you, Zach.
2: (sighs) (laughs) Exactly. Slam the door closed.
0: What about you, Miss Whitbeck? What are you most excited about our new president?
2: I mean, obviously, we're like peas and carrots. We've worked together for so long with him being the board chairman before, and, you know, in some ways, I'm like, oh, yeah we've already done this, you know, like it feels very like second verse, same as the first kind of thing because he's been a committee chair twice. So, you know, again, like I feel like obviously we already get each other's workflow and work style. One of the things that I think is unique to Dr. Dobin from some of our presidents is that from the get go, he's had this very specific focus of like, this is what I would do, you know, and like, this is how I would do it. And so I think You come to this presidential year with you know such a crystal clear idea of goals that you have and whereas I think you know other times we've had a more like well we'll see we'll figure this out you know kind of approach whereas like I think you know from day one you were like this is what I'm doing you know this is this is what I've had in my head you know which I think is great because we hit the ground running day minus two Instead of it taking like six weeks to kind of figure out, I think that has been a super exciting thing for me in terms of just like immediate movement has been super refreshing.
1: Along those lines to one of the things that I do want the general membership to know is one of our big goals for this year is to really try and streamline a lot of the logistical stuff that Sarah's doing. So giving her a lot more control over day-to-day decisions, really hammering out policies, procedural things, so that things can move through the system much quicker rather than having these decisions made at a committee meeting that go back to the executive committee, that then go back to the committee chairman. It just will help to streamline and help to make the flow of the society work much better. Over the last couple of years, we've spent a lot of time really ensuring that all of the bookkeeping and the financials and everything are done in a way that has eliminated a large burden off of Sarah's job to then flow back so that she can focus on other things. And so... That's really huge to try and streamline a lot of that work and empower her to make those decisions because she's actually the only one that, you know, of all of us that try to make it onto different committees and to oversight and everything else, Sarah's routinely the only one that sits at every single meeting and knows where the overlaps of the society are to help guide those people. And that's really important that if, you know, they're on a committee meeting and Sarah speaks up and says, Hey, listen, you know, the research committee is thinking this, well, the publications committee is already in process of doing it. It really can help fix some of that workflow. So there isn't duplication of services and and things like that. So just from a logistical standpoint, there's a lot of that going on in the background. That is always a big mission of mine.
2: Yeah. I think that's super helpful. Now, as we look at life balance, because You are like the true renaissance man. You know, in my head, if I were to say, what does that look like? You know, you sail, you bike, doing the chest wall injury thing. You've got this very full family life, ski extraordinaire. If you were to give advice on life balance, right? The cadence of life.
1: Well, I think there might be somebody directly upstairs from me that might disagree with you about Life Balance. That's my my CEO. In all seriousness, though, it is something that I have really, really struggled with. And um, when I was a very junior attending, Dr. Gross, who many of you know, came into my office and he wrote on a piece of paper, he wrote N-O and taped it to the back of my door. And he said to me, whenever you open this door, I want this to be your immediate response to whatever somebody is asking you to do. Because he's like, you always say yes and it burns you out. And there is something to be said about saying no thank you. And Zach made mention to it, that I do read this book called The Daily Stoic Every Day. And one of the things that is repeated in that is you would get so upset if you wasted your time sitting on hold for forty-five minutes waiting, you know to schedule a U-Haul truck to move your boat supplies. Not that that's like close to my heart or anything like that, but um, <laughs> but yet we let people waste our time every day doing meaningless tasks or being asked to do something. And the truth is. A lot of times we can just say no, and people are, they're going to be okay with it. Or I say this to my residents, I say it to my junior partners, nobody's going to come up to you and say, you know, Dr. Bauman, you really killed it last month with your RVUs. You are working like a dog. You've published papers. I think you should take Friday off. I just think you should take Friday off. I think it'd be so good for you. It'd be such a nice balance. And we totally support you doing that. Right. (laughs) However, if you just say, hey, I'm taking Friday off, nobody's going to say anything. So you just got to learn how to do that. And, uh, you know, a number of years ago, a friend of mine who's a GYN and I, we schedule random Wednesdays off at the beginning of the ski season. And we just ski on a random Wednesday here and there. And it's great. And nobody says anything. They really don't. And, and, you know, as long as you don't get me wrong, you can't do these things at the expense of doing your work. And some days you're going to be busier and, you know, you might be busier on Thursday because you took Wednesday off. But you know what? It's okay, And you really should because you're better off on Tuesday. You're definitely better on Wednesday. And even on Thursday, you're better off. So I I think it's a super important thing to remember. And uh, another attending said to me once, you are replaceable everywhere but home. And we don't like to think about that, but the truth is, I may be good at my job, or Mark, you may be good at your job, or you may be the only one in your hospital that does chest wall. But the truth is, if you weren't there, patients would survive everything else. If your family needs you, there's no replacement for you. That's simple.
3: I love it. Actually, Mark, you're the only one at your hospital that can't read. Is that correct? (laughs) Yes, that is correct.
2: (laughs) He's actually the only trauma surgeon in his hospital. So in his case, he may in fact not be replaceable because there's no one yeah, else. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's correct as well. Both of those statements are correct.
3: Do you just walk around your hospital with like a translator right next to you that reads you?
0: <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what I do. I always have a resident right next to me. That I can just make.
2: Like that's why he and Dr. Hansen are such good friends, is because Dr. Hansen just reads to him. You know, <laughs> it's quiet, but it, I mean, it's subtle.
1: See what you don't what you don't know is they had to color code the elevators for Mark. <laughs> they were just like, if you want to go to the floor, you go to the blue elevator, Mark. and the red elevator goes to the emergency department. <laughs>
2: All subsequent residents are grateful for your help, Dr. Crisco. You left an indelible mark. That's great. That's why
0: I tell them they have to call me in the middle of the night because if they text me, I'm not going to understand what they write. So it has to be a phone call. Well, Dr. Dobin, thank you so much for joining us today, as always, enlightening, and of course you deserve this more than most, so congratulations on your presidency this year with us, and we're all very excited and honored to have you do that for us. So. Yes,
3: congratulations. Exciting.
1: Yeah, thanks, thank and you, I, thank I think you. you should wait to make the judgment till the end of the presidency. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, so, Ann, what do you got for updates for us? Anything this week?
2: a terrific social media webinar today so as those that are hearing this now you missed it but it was recorded and will be posted to our website so you can go check out the archived version which will be fantastic we have our evening social i should say at the ests on sunday in milan for those that are attending the european society of thoracic surgeons so please join us there if you happen to be attending that meeting dr bauman will be attempting to eat his weight in pizza for the next two weeks as he tours italy so watch for updates on slack as he does a full pizza review this is a very
3: correct statement yes
2: So we shall see where that goes. As far as other things going on in June, I know the Journal Club folks are selecting their article right now and then their date will be finalized. So by the next newsletter, you will see that updated. And then case review is the last Wednesday of the month at one o'clock Mountain Time. And I think we still have one slot available for a case if you're interested in presenting. So the other shout out I would give, we are almost finished with the revisions of the collaborative center criterion, And then they will be approved by the executive committee and the board. And then they will be enacted. So if you are not yet a collaborative center this would probably be your best time to get that done because after this, we'll be up in the game just a little bit and this would be a good opportunity. If you've been on the fence, I would say, this is a nice time to jump in and get your feet wet and try it out, and then you'll have two years to kind of make modifications before you'll be held accountable to the new standards. So, collaborator centers—they're on the website, but I definitely would encourage people to check it out. Anything else you guys want to add? Thanks very much,
0: Miss Whitbeck. I encourage people to take pictures of Zach for the next couple of weeks, and we'll watch his BMI and facial growth <laughs> oh yes. a little bit. But there, maybe patch those on Slack. Italian
3: pizzas are interesting, though. They're very, um, they don't have a lot on it. The the margarita pizza is like their most, uh, I've been reading a lot.
2: They're lean, lean I will say that. They put a lot of meat on them. Thin crust, super lean. They don't do buffalo
3: chicken pizzas, which I love. They don't do green pizzas, which I love. They do margarita pizza. Well, I don't
1: think you're going to lose weight. I don't think they do stuffed (laughs) crusty. They don't do stuffed
3: crust.
0: (laughs) You don't have garlic (laughs) dipping sauce for your pizza. I mean, like,
3: they don't have rants.
0: All right, guys, let's uh, final stitch. Who's got anything on their mind, clinical or otherwise? Well, I did go first. Well, first of all, I just want to say congratulations, Andy.
3: Very excited to have you as the president of the It's uh, going to be an exciting year, and we're really looking forward to it. Just uh, think you're just going to do an amazing job, knock it out of the park. And I want to say congratulations to Sarah. I don't know if you know this, today is a National Utah Day, 45th state in the union. It was uh, today.
2: 1895.
3: But also, I don't know if you know this, today is also a Necrotizing Fasciitis Awareness Day. So I like how National Utah Day and Necrotizing Fasciitis Awareness Day go hand in hand, May
0: 31st. It'll never leave your mind again. So there we go. It's it. such
2: a big day, who knew?
0: <laughs> well, I'll go next. Mine's simple. Uh, it was my son's birthday yesterday. He's turned eight, but she's a big dog now. He, my little owl, I call him, Alton. He's now in the minor leagues and crushing it. He's very self-critical and tries to work hard as much as he can. He's very cute about his work ethic in sport and in school. So I'm very proud of him. So happy birthday, little Al.
2: Cool. So mine, I have been dying, you guys. This is so lame, but I am so, so delighted. Have Does everyone know about the Peabody Ducks, the Peabody Hotel in Memphis?
0: Yes, yeah. Right?
2: I have been obsessed with going to see these little ducks. They do this duck march, the Peabody Hotel. It's in Memphis and they live up on top in this little glass enclosure. And then they come down at 11 o'clock every day and they do a duck march and then they get in the fountain and then they just duck around all day in the fountain until five and then they do a duck march back up and they go live up on top of the hotel. And I have been wanting to see the duck march, which I know doesn't sound as cool because I'm not describing it as fabulous as it is, but check it out on YouTube. (laughs) So I have just been wanting to see it so desperately. So I flew to Memphis this weekend to go see it because... I had to, you guys oh and God. it was amazing and adorable. And now I think I should have ducks like live in my bathtub and maybe I could like deck march it outside or something like get like a water feature, you know I'm like, I don't know, it could work. I haven't worked out all the details yet. There's still just a few that are escaping me, but it would be so fantastic and they were adorable. So if you're ever in or near Memphis, go, go see the Duck March. Or if you just want to go for a weekend, because I did and it was totally worth the ticket. The good
1: news is with all the duck poop, you won't need to use your loamy as much. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Oh my gosh. It was adorable, you guys. I know. Can you imagine how much fun I would have if I had, there are five ducks. There's one boy and four girls. And they are so cute. <laughs> and then they just like deck around in the fountain. It's so cute.
1: There's actually a children's book about Boston. Yes. Where they go by, around it's like Make Way for Ducklings, I think, is the uh, one in Boston. Yes. That's a true story. So
2: it was just all I needed. Well, thanks for sharing. So, exactly. Go to the Peabody. They're adorable.
1: Dr. Dobin, anything on your mind? Yeah, along the lines, my sophomore in high school just qualified with his relay team for national championships in Eugene, Oregon in the four by 100 relay. Wow. So I think he's heading out there. Oh, so it's oh. super exciting. I mean, they have two seniors and two sophomores on the team. And, uh, that's, so yeah, it's really a cool thing. So we got to do the logistics of figuring that out and it's going to yeah, be a great I mean, experience. Yeah. It's going to be a great experience. And then
2: do they run in the Fontaine? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, what a cool life experience.
1: Yeah, cool. exactly. Well, congrats. Yeah. yeah. So. That's
2: way cool. I know I'm
1: pretty excited for him. The problem is I was already told that I'm not going, my wife is going. <laughs> which is great because she gets even more excited than I do if that's possible, so that's
0: great.
2: <laughs> that is awesome. Awesome,
0: so, guys. Yeah. That
2: is so cool. Congratulations to you and your fam. That's really awesome. Yeah, thanks.
0: Well, good to see you guys.